This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. We are in the locker room. The locker room is wide open. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, and we are ready to take on the week coming ahead because it's a big week. It's still a week where, hey, despite everything that went bad, everything that looks sour, everything that looks uh, non-copacetic here, is you have an opportunity still to go out there and find your way into the big Lombardi land dance. I mean, there is still that opportunity, Max, to be able to go out there and be able to get done, my friend. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. <clears throat> you know, I, and I said this after the game. Everything is still in front of you. And no matter how bad the loss is, it's still one loss. You know, it's not it's not cumulative by the point totals. It's not style points. At the end of the day, this team is still 500. And this team is still in the hunt. And you have two games left. And both of these games are division games. Games that are not hard to get up for. They're not hard to find the motivation. Right. The these are teams we don't like. They don't like us. So guess what? It's all mutual. It's not a team that's in the conference but not in the division. You play them every couple of years. No. You see this team two times a year every single year, and like clockwork, you're going to get their best effort home or away, and there's a lot of history there between both of these clubs that, that you're going to play. And more, most importantly, it's the next game, which is Cleveland. Right, right. Uh, and you know team, what? It's game yeah, on, right. Max, right? I mean, seriously. Yeah, there's no, There's no laying down and dying. There's no laying down here and going, oh, poor us. You know as well as I do, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. you got to come like a man and come out here and face it and get the job done to the best that you can week in and week out. That's what it's about. Yeah, last time I checked, there's there's no hiding places on a football field. <laughs> it's an open field with grass. It's cut. It's got lines. It's got goalposts. Some guys think they can hide behind goalposts, but you cannot hide behind a goalpost. Trust me, I've tried. Uh, Joe Horn yeah, hit a so phone behind a, a goalpost. That that is true. And Ter- and what was it? Terrell Owens uh, hit a sharpie. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, not a human being. You can hide inanimate objects that are small, pop, handheld sized <laughs> things. Um, but that—that's the thing. That's the thing. You have to take—you have to take these licks just like everybody else, you know. And and for us, Wolf, you know, it's easy for us to talk about it because we've also been in their shoes. Yeah. You know, and so it's not like we come from a place where we're higher than thou or mightier than thou when yeah. we say this. No. We've, we have been the object of ridicule. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We, so when we say this, you know, I want all the, all the listeners out there to understand, we're, we're coming from a place of empathy. We're coming from a place of knowledge, experience in these moments, and there is no hiding. There, there is no, oh, my gosh, I wish I could just curl up and die. No, no, no. <laughs> you save that for the offseason. Right. You know? and, and and right now it's about it's about bucking up, taking that brunt, and then turning that fuel and that negativity into your own positivity, meaning you positively go whoop somebody's butt next time you get an opportunity. And it just so happens 
that you get the grandest of stages in the regular season on Monday Night Football to do it against a team that's not that far away, just straight across the state lines, and they're going to come across into your house, and what are you going to do about it? They're not going to wipe their feet on on the on the rug as they walk in the house, right? They're not going to hit their they're not gonna, they're not going to get a little stomp, you know, on the welcome mat before they walk inside your house. Mm. They're about to try and come in with muddy boots, right? They want to kick the door down. They want to kick the door down. They don't want to stop in the mud room. They want to go straight <laughs> through that mud room. They want to go straight to the. Did fine you have a China. mud room growing up? Uh, no, I'm in Florida. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I learned I learned that when I got to Pittsburgh. I learned what a mudroom was. Okay, those those northern northern places where there's snow and stuff. And- see, see, so part of my family were farmers. Okay, on my dad's side, you yeah. got some farmers. So you got you got the mudrooms. I mean, those mudrooms are important because out on a dairy farm, when you got you know a couple hundred head of cattle and beef and everything else, you got to have mudroom because otherwise mud is everywhere. You know, I mean, that's just. But in Florida, I was wondering, do you have mudrooms in Florida? Now you have answered the question. A question that is, I don't know, has is, is plagued me for all of like 30 seconds here. Was there, as soon as you start talking, going, was there, there mudrooms in Florida? <laughs> no, no, no. Learn that. It's a learned skill, not acquired. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Now, now, let me ask you something, Max. Um, you look at this game with Kansas City, and you look at. You know the opportunity still to come with uh, you know with with the two teams. You got the Browns, you got the Ravens. The fact of the matter is, all the the the, the outside noise, the the uh, just you know everything that's going on, the little negativity that you that you got to endure. You got to put that away because anything, any big changes that are to be made, they're going to be made in the off season. You know, right now it's still in season, and and instead of of making everybody uh, focus on how bad the Chiefs game was, which was bad. There's no di- denying it. Your work out there says, and tape, and and everything else says, that was a lousy game. That was just not a good game by, by, by the Steelers, okay? But at the same time, that you can't be held down by that when you know, look, just two weeks ago, you put it on the, the, the Tennessee Titans, you're still capable again. You know, that's the frustrating yeah. thing. There's still capabilities there, and the path is still there, my friend. The path is still clear, and it says when. You know, that was the biggest thing. And, and you know, we talked to Labs last week. Labs already written this game off, um, the Chiefs game. Right. And maybe at a premonition. (laughs) Yeah, maybe at a premonition. Maybe at some ESPN. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But it it was something that. We knew that going into this game, this game was not the end-all, be-all game. It was a nice game. It was a cherry-on-top type of game as a barometer. But, you know, this game was not the must-have game. This game is. And here's what makes it even sweet. Here's what sweetens the deal, Wolf. What's that? This is the little extra bit of sprinkles, jimmies, whatever you want to call them. You know, you sprinkle on top of your Sunday. Oh, yeah. I like Jimmy's. You get to knock the Browns out of playoff contention. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't that be a little sweetener? Yeah. Is that a little, little, bit, little, little bit of sweet string music? Little, little, Let's stick little with the Jimmy's. This. The Jimmy's, they, they, they no, kind of no, captivate you know this me is, more. Do you know what this is? I'm, rub, I'm rubbing my index and my, and okay. my, um, thumb. my thumb together. <laughs> yeah. It's the world's tiniest violin you can play for them. <laughs> 
<laughs> right there, right there. Wow. As you, as you as you send them off into the darkness. Right. You know, I mean, there's no better feeling as a competitor, as a player. Wolf, is there no better feeling to know that it's me or you in the playoffs? And guess what? I you get to see the eyes of the person that sent you out of the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get to be judge and executioner in this moment. Now you're talking. That's the yeah. language of love at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no I mean, if you can't get up for this, I don't know where the pulse is. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know where the beat is. I can't identify with this. It's called because a corpse. there's no exactly. Nameless gray face in the world of Tomlinisms, right? Right. That's what that that's what you get to deliver to them. DOA. Dead on arrival. Um, you know, and, and that's the longest that's that that'll be the longest bus ride home to Cleveland that they'll face. Um, you know, so I so I don't know why we can't be inspired by that. Yeah, yeah, we've had crappy play. Yes, we've had crappy games. But you know what? We've beaten the Browns once already. Yes. And that was in their place. They were jacked up. They were excited. And now you get to do it on Monday Night Football. Prime time. You get the prime time game. Yes, you could talk about Thursday, but that's a short week. Yes, you could talk about Sunday Night Football, but that's still the same day as everybody else has played. Mm -hmm. There's still guys leaving the stadium, heading back home. Monday night, everyone is home. Butts are in seats on couches or stadiums watching you. Everyone. 30 other teams and millions of millions of blue-blooded Americans across the, the worldwide because we can watch the games overseas. Thank you to our troops. Um, We get to do it in prime time. No better time, no better place, no better opponent to do this in than now and what's on the precipice and everything is still in front of you. This This isn't a consolation bowl. This isn't a, oh, man, better luck next year. Hey, I want you to be miserable next to me. No, I get to step on top of your head and propel myself into the playoff race. That's and, it. And let, let me throw some in here now, okay? Let's throw okay. some more Jimmys on there because I'm I, the Jimmys just kind of yeah. stuck with me. You know, you, you, you you're, enjoy you're Jimmy. Jimmy's on donuts. Yeah. You know, they're on ice cream, and you know, it's sometimes you get them on cake. Birthday cake is always nice too. So, but the point is, all right. Think about this. This might well be Big Ben's last Monday Night Football appearance. This might well be. Big Ben's final Heinz Field appearance. You know, I was blessed to be in the huddle with Terry Bradshaw when the Blonde Bomber played his last game against the New York Jets, all right, before his elbow went totally dysfunctional, okay? I remember being in there, and the one thing that was pervading my gourd the whole week long was don't let him down. Don't let him down. This is, you know, the... Nobody knew if this was going to be the final game, final, like they would know with Ben, you know, the home field, that sort of thing. Um, but with, with Terry, you knew that that elbow was hanging on by a paper-thin tendon. You know, you don't know. And the biggest thing all week was, don't let anybody hit Terry. Don't, and, and even to the point where I, I had the most uh, flagrant, unsportsmanlike holding, followed him in five different ways penalty. <laughs> tackling a defensive lineman who was no no i, I have to admit no, Wolf. yeah it was it was it was really bad 
I would have flagged myself several times over just for what I did. Which, oh, by the way, it's a long story. I'm not going to go into it now. But I didn't get flagged. It was the most amazing thing. <laughs> it was incredible. I, I, but I, I, I I'll tell you that another time. That happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. But regardless, the point being is I remember being in that huddle. I remember once in my mind, like, man, I am not going to let him down. If this is the final ride, man, we're going to just and go as hard as you can. Because you love the man, you love the the teammate that he is, and what he's been to you in your career and in your life. And I I just think that there's a lot of that extra sprinkles mojo kind of going on too. In the yeah, no, I mean there has to be that extra motivation. I mean for whatever it is, this is Ben's last ride, you know. And just but that's the mindset you have to go in. Now, granted, will it be or will it won't be? That's for another that's time. For- that's for okay. another time, and that's for a discussion that Ben will have with his teammates and the coaching staff and everybody else. But mentally, I'm going into this thinking it is because Ben's not going to tell you till after. Right. So might as well take it into your mind that, hey, this is the last home game. So let's go ahead and do what we can to make sure that we send him off right for everything that he's meant to this organization, what he's meant to your career as a player, and – Let's do it right. Let, let, hey, listen, this is the one where you sell out everything in your body. You don't leave anything for tomorrow. You don't leave anything for chance. You go give it all today. And you go make sure that you're not the reason when you look back on it, make sure you are not the reason why it wasn't better. Make sure you're the reason that it was better. And you give all of your effort to that because I know if I had the opportunity to, Wolf, Mm-hmm. I, I'd sell out. Listen, absolutely. Watch out, watch out for elbows, kneecaps, buttholes, and everything else. I'm it's all everything. coming. I'm 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 hitting it all. I'm bringing it all, baby. <laughs> and and yeah, you you might catch a little Cuban boxing technique. Uh, it happens. It happens. You'll have little, that on boom, big jobs. Boom. Yep. Yeah, you'll have that on big jobs. You know, wear the forearm pads if you're scared about you know hurting something. <laughs> You know, I mean, that that's just what it takes in this type of game, in this type of moment, because, you you know, you don't get to celebrate a giant yeah. all the time. You don't get to do that. And so let him go out. You know, I had the opportunity. I was blessed and fortunate to be able to give that to a guy by the name of Jerome Bettis. Right. That's huge. Who was an, ab- who was an absolute titan, who was an absolute NFL bona fide. We knew he was a Hall of Famer. Football royalty, buddy. Football, Football royalty. royalty. Yep. And and it was the sweetest thing to be able to give him in his last home game. It was against Detroit. It was against Detroit of all teams. There's no way you could not do that. Right. I'm like, all of the significance, all of the coincidences that you had, and we fought and we fought and Detroit knew, you know, that it was Jerome's last game. Oh, you talking about, now you're loss. talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's Seattle. No, I'm talking, no. Oh. The re- last regular home season game. Oh, oh, I'm not, here I'm thinking you're waxing. against Detroit. All right. Against the Lions. Well, yes. here I'm sitting there thinking you are painting the picture of the Super Bowl in Detroit. Now I'm like, all right, good. Then you're no, not as concussed a, as I thought you were. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about against the D, the, the, the Detroit Lions. Detroit, yes. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like that it, in Heinz Field. This is that type of moment for right. Ben, because guess what? Ben's from Ohio. Yep, 
and he's playing an Ohio team. The one that bypassed him in the draft. Bypassed him in the draft, and now he has an opportunity to end his career at home on this team potentially. I've got to do everything in my power. Absolutely. I don't care what anybody says. Listen, I don't know if he's retiring, but like I said, I'm playing with the mindset that I'm going to make sure that if it is, it is the sweetest last home game he's going to experience. <laughs> Give that man his roses while he can still enjoy them, right? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, the go- that's the goal. That's the goal. None uh, better. All right, my friend. Well, that's the opening bell here in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas will be back with more after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right. One of my favorite times of the week. We bring in the great Bob Labriola, Steelers historian, Steelers TV, Steelers Digest editor, and game day contributor. All things Steelers and certainly a friend of the show. Labs, so great to have you in the locker room, my friend. I hope uh, all is well with you. Pretty good, Wolf. Uh, glad for 2021 to be over. I think looking forward to maybe a uh, less COVID-centric 2022. <laughs> I'm in a full agreement with you, my friend. Okay, Lab. There's a there, there's a there's a there's a path. Okay, I mean, whatever you want to say, all the wailing and, and everything else going on about the. Uh, you know, the Steelers are getting this and that. Hey, there's still a path. A lot of decisions to be made in the offseason whenever that should come. But right now, the only thing in front of the Steelers is an opportunity to get into the Lombardi Land playoffs. And I'll set the stage with this. Back in 1989, you know that year, there was uh, you know several things that had to happen on Christmas Eve as we went to play the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, teams had to win. Teams had to lose. For us to get into the playoffs, one of the things that happened, it was a great sign. We're down in Tampa. For the first time in 30 years, there was a a brownout. There was snowing in Tampa Bay the night before the game. It was terrific. And what happened was on my way back from Kansas City, I met a guy who was at that game in 1989, said it was so freaking cold. (laughs) Because he's a Floridian, but you know, it was just—it was funny. And I, I sit there and I go, "Look, we got a path, we got a chance. There's always that opportunity if you if you can grab it." Yeah, there is. Um, I hate to be uh, the Grinch, though, but um, you know, <laughs> all those paths uh, require the Steelers to win two games in a row. Right. I mean, you know, um, I looked this yeah. up. I hate to do this to you, you know. My pursuit of one of his rules is no research. Um, but I decided to violate that rule. Um, you know, the Steelers haven't won two in a row since Halloween. Mm. Um, it's, it's New Year's Day. You know, on your uh, holiday calendar there, there's Thanksgiving and Christmas in between Halloween and New Year's Day. So, um, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. Uh, and I think that working in the Steelers' favor in terms of um, – winning two in a row is that they're division teams for some reason. Uh, and especially the Browns and the Ravens this year, the Steelers have been playing better uh, against those teams than any of the other teams. Now, Cincinnati, of course, 
um, you know, seems to be on a on its own level this year. And I do believe, again, sorry to be the Grinch, but the Bengals need one win to clinch the North. So, um, you know, I, the Bengals look pretty good on uh, Sunday at one o'clock. Um, and I, I, there is a path. I'll give you that. I'm not optimistic, but I live in. I'm a guy who lives in his fears anyway. So, um, <laughs> that's that's where I am with it. Well, Labs, I I, I know that you know can't be excited about where we're at, but <clears throat> the reality, you know, the reality is, is that if there was a matchup of two opponents to put in the place of this roadblock, which is two victories. Wouldn't you want it to be against teams that you've already beaten this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and even if, um, uh, you know, I I just think that the matchups of the division teams, uh, the the ones that favor the Steelers the most are um, Cleveland and Baltimore, regardless of the fact that, the Steelers have beaten them to each once. I just think the Bengals, um, the Bengals are going to be a problem for the foreseeable future in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, that yeah. Joe Burrow, he, uh, he, he looks like he's going to be a gigantic pain in the butt for uh, many, many years. And, you know, his poise, uh, the way he seems to be able to rally that team around him. You know, I think Joe Burrow beyond his on field talent uh, he's going to be a kind of, you know, in a good way, um, a Pied Piper for the Bengals and maybe keep them um, from doing Bengals-like things. He, you know, beat a good team and then lose to a bad team, those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, the, the, the Bengals and Joe Burrow, um, you know, I, I'm just glad that, um, you know, Steelers hopes to be in the 21 21- 2021 playoffs it doesn't go through him anymore yeah he is going to be a major uh, you know walking talking human hemorrhoid for the Steelers if you ask me <laughs> all right so well placed well <laughs> yeah, that just kind of that's one of those things that run from your brain to your mouth like a gumball machine anyhow yeah uh, <laughs> you got three other teams that need to lose once each over the next 14 days basically right you got the Miami Dolphs you got the L.A. Chargers or the Vegas Raiders. They're all sitting around, what, 8-7? and seven? And you've got the Chargers yeah, and, and the Raiders. I'm sorry, go ahead, buddy. That's wild card. I've right. given up on wild card. Well, even the number seven seed, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. I, I'm not saying that um, they can't get there. Oh, okay. I'm saying that I believe their best path is winning the division. Okay. All right. But you, you are accurate. Okay. What you're which is sometimes questionable. <laughs> you know, I get it. I, I'm one of those guys that needs a set of fact checkers all the time. <laughs> but whenever I start doing multiple multiplication tables, I get easy for you to say. My point is, as, I, as I'm trying to stumble around through this thing, is the fact that if you've got that opportunity, and I understand you can win, you could win the division, but... I'm kind of looking at it as a number seven seed type of thing. It's still very permissible to uh, have some hope uh, that there's a possibility they can do this. Yes. Uh, again, uh, I, I do not disagree with, you know, when you're looking at 
Um, the other things that have to happen around the Steelers for them to be put into a position where they are able, you know, to, to possibly squeeze into the playoffs, um, it is possible. And it, it, to me, it's really not even as remote as it was in 1989. Mm. You know, I remember some of those things thinking, you know, it was like drawing uh, to an inside straight playing poker. Um, but all that stuff came through. Uh, you know, my my question is, um, you know, is this Steelers team, you know, capable of doing what needs to be done to win these games? And, you know, the the, the whole, um, you know, coming way, coming from far back after halftime or, you know, whatever point in the game, um, that, ha- that, that that's, that's just not a high percentage way to try and win in the NFL. It's just no. not. And I don't know the answer. I really wish I did because um, I would willingly and happily provide it, not only to um, you and Max and your millions of listeners, um, but also you know to somebody uh, down at the UPMC Rooney Sports Center who might matter, uh, and maybe we could you know turn this thing around a little bit mm. and send number seven out, um, you know, on a little bit of a high note because I would really like to see that, but. I don't. I don't have any. I don't have anything. I didn't have anything two weeks ago um, on this topic, and it even befuddles me more uh, now because it's been such. It's been such in the forefront. I mean, there's no way anyone can convince me that this is not on everyone's mind, uh, uh, players and coaches, mm-hmm. in terms of we got to we got to come out, you know, ready to play. Uh, we're going to be better on offense early, you know, all of these things, execute, whatever. The play from the play caller to the game plan writers to the coaches, the players, uh, John Norwig and his uh, training staff, everybody knows that this is what needs to happen, but it does not. And I got nothing. I mean, truly, uh, you know, have, you know, can you and Max shed any light on, what it's like when a, a game starts. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't know uh, how, what could be happening that they're coming out so slow. I mean, I mean, uh, when, when I look at, I mean, I, it's such a tough thing if you're mentally foggy uh, on the sidelines. I've, I've tried to, I've tried to pinpoint it, right? You try and look at it and see, but everybody comes out jacked up. Everybody looks excited to go. And I don't know if it's one of those things that once you get hit in the mouth, you're kind of reeling uh, from the first play. but Or it's just a requisite lack of talent that's, that, that, that's out there versus the opponent. Um, and then it's like, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like watching a heavyweight boxing match, right? Everybody comes out feeling each other out. Um, and they're coming out throwing the jabs and the opponents coming out throwing haymakers, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of adjust, you, you, you reel into the corner, you know, you kind you kind of protect the body and kind of do the rope-a-dope type of deal. And then they start deciding to swing. But the problem is there's been times when they, when they started swinging and they've been missing, you know, I, I think that's the other thing is, you reach and you try so hard, but then you dig yourself further in the hole. Like to take, for example, you know, you want to answer 
a touchdown pass with your own, you know, or touchdown drive of the of the other team with your own type of big play opportunity. You go for a flea flicker that early in the game, but then it gets picked, and it's a short field, and then that team goes and then puts another score on you. And it's kind of like that avalanche, you know, where it's like you're reaching as opposed to kind of staying within yourselves, um, <clears throat> crafting a game plan that I feel is more personnel centric than philosophy centric um you know you have you know there's one thing about philosophy it sounds great when you read it out loud but it's another thing to practically apply it and so that's the that's where I think you kind of when I look at the Steelers team I think they kind of have that lack of practical application of philosophical terms for lack of better words uh, labs and you need to actually understand what your personnel is, what they do well, and that's what you need to script. You need to script what they actually do well versus what you think they can do well. If it doesn't work in practice, you probably should not put it on the game plan for Sunday. <laughs> that, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, what I always refer to it as, um, you know, the reality of the moment, which is, you know, Dan Rooney always would, when he would um, critique um, coaching and, and game planning and, you know, all of that stuff, he would always say, you know, on when you got it on the whiteboard in the meeting room, you know, you would uh, usually uh, an offensive player was an O and a defensive player was an X. That's how they would – and he would always say, on that board – the O can always block the X. He always does. All you got to do is draw a little line and cross it and say, that's taken care of. But in the real world, out on the field, you know, if that X is Lawrence Taylor, um, you might need a couple of O's, you know, or maybe you don't want to go that way. Or, you know, um, so, yeah, that's what, you know, and I, I, that's really well put, Matt, seriously, the, um, you know, more personnel-centric uh, than uh, philosophically uh, centric game plans, um, you know, may be what's required. Uh, certainly at this point, uh, I think it should be tried because uh, what up, whatever else has been tried hasn't worked. And the stat that just boggles my mind, and, you know, one of the things that I always try to point out to fans when they're talking about the Steelers is, you know, this is a franchise that's been in business for a long, long time, over 90 years. And when a stat comes out, like the one that we just heard uh, Sunday, where uh, the Steelers hadn't gone five straight games without a first-half touchdown since 1940. Mm. 1940, that's before World War II. Most of the guys who fought in World War II have died of old age, who didn't die in the war. So that's how long ago that is. And to have something happen now that hasn't happened since then is, is uh, startling to me, startling. And so, um, again, Max, uh, I, would, I would, if I had any authority, I would suggest what you just said. Um, and I got nothing that sounds better than that. Really? Well, I can only say it's like it's like we always talk about the X's and O's versus the Jimmys and the Joes, and it really is like you pointed yep. out, Labs. That was a great point. 
when uh, one of those X's happens to be Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> yeah, he might want to dial up a couple of O's. And then, Max, you're, you're exactly right. You know, it's about taking your guys and drawing the, the, the schematics that befit them best. And I guess we'll leave it at this because we got to go. But the one thing I, I wonder about is more Chase Claypool. Okay, just you need to get that guy rolling more. In my mind, that's one of the guys schematically that you've got to upgrade his number of targets. But anyhow, that's just me. We're going to roll on. Labs, thank you for joining us, and uh, appreciate you, brother. Okay? Thanks, Labs. Happy New Year, fellas. All right, brother. Happy New Year to you, too. Thanks for jumping in. All right, we'll be back with more with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the Lock. Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, Max, one of the key things about this game that we just saw, and it's there's so much with turnovers and takeaways, you know, you gotta have them. And you gotta you you and you can't give them away. I mean, it's obvious about that. The Steelers went in there. They had, uh, what, three turnovers uh, with an interception, two fumbles. Uh, The Chiefs had three fumbles, but they recovered them all. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was like, you know know how there's signs like this game is not going to end well is when a guy like Joe Tooney catches a fumble out of the air, you know, (laughs) and the left guard catches the ball, all 300-plus pounds of them, you know, he's up there, and uh, that ball pops up, and he, he's right there to get it when Alex Highsmith uh, whacked the Mahomes and sent the ball flying. You know what I mean? That's yeah. when you start thinking, oh, get Zooks, this is just not looking good. But the turnovers and takeaways, and let's include that fourth down that they ran wide, all right, on a fourth and one, and ended up losing three yards. That's a turnover. No, I don't care what you yes. look over. That's a turnover. So you got four, and so you don't. You can't sit there and say, gee, I wonder how that, you know, how the game ended so bad. Well, four turnovers, you should be able to win hands down anytime. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that that's the difference in games. I mean, we said the stat during the broadcast is that Ben was seven and one when he doesn't have a turnover. Right. But when he does, we're 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 and six now. <laughs> we're and five at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but oh and six. Right, right. Uh, when he does, I mean that just that just goes to show. So imagine adding that's just one. Now throw on two more on top of that. Yeah, it's a no brainer. If you're a good team, that 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 is a playoff caliber team, or in the case of the Kansas City Chiefs, the back to back AFC representative in the Super Bowl, and you and you're on a seven game win streak. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna pretty much win that game when you have when you have all of those factors in your favor. No question about it, and I think. You know, there was a couple things. I can understand what Matt Canada is thinking about with the flea flicker, but you've got to be able to make sure that you draw those people up a little bit more. Um, The run wasn't respected at that point. It was not, and that's part of the problem when you have a flea flicker. When you have – if you watch the end zone of that play, nobody got sucked up. I mean, everybody was deeper than deep, you know, and they stayed over the top on, on, on all levels of the coverage. And so simply that was that was ill-fated from the very beginning, as was that fourth-and-one toss. Max, you know as well as I do, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And when you start yeah. going east and west, you give that opportunity 
for you give up that the, the quick penetration possibilities, you know, all that sort of stuff. That creates problems for an offensive line. If you watch that at the point of attack, King Mellon, Legereus, and a twist. And, you know, and so you've got a bunch over there. You got Zach Gentry, you got Chase Claypool, and you got Ray Ray McLeod. Now, the problem is when, 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 Legereus Sneed, he jacked up Chase Claypool, drove him into Zach Gentry, and then they ran the twist with the scrape by King Mel. Well, King Mel came right around the corner, and he had a lean and green up the field penetration, messed up the whole thing, and Chase Claypool ended up on the ground because Ray Ray McLeod did basically nothing and got him tangled up, and it was a mess right from the get-go. And they picked Zach Gentry, who could have been at least the one positioning power of uh, at tight end there being able to do something. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think you have to look and say, you know what? This was not a great idea. We did not have the right requisite blockers in this moment. <laughs> right. And, and but, but I think that's something that you should have known this in practice, right? You know, I mean, this is, this is where it befuddles me because I – I understand the concept, right? I understand the concept of what you're trying to get done. Right. It has value, right? Let's just say it that. Has okay? value. In, in it its has place. value and its place. The timing or the repetitions leading up to that might not have looked as great. And I felt like you kind of forced the issue. Because mm-hmm. it didn't look clean on responsibilities. No. It didn't look clean on assignments. And you have to know that it's not a, a static target. It's it's not stationary. Unless, unless you're doing this drill against dummies, right? You're standing up the bags or whatever, the tip bags, and you're running that drill. Right. And you're like, oh, this, this looks great when we do it like that or we do it against air, but you have to plan for the scrape. You have to know what capturing the near shoulder means and looks like because – it looked like they were trying to hit them directly on their chest and as though they couldn't move laterally. Right. Like they were on a track. So there was so no reach what, block. Yeah, there was no reach, there was no there was no p- reposition. Right. Or fighting or fighting against the pressure, right? Um so that that's where I just it's just head scratching. Like it, it's it's head scratching because like listen, the one thing I do know, you send Big lumbering bodies and double teams and send them north and south, that's when you have your most success. Right. When you get them on angles, single blocking, do I have him when he steps into this gap or do I leave here when he stays backside? When you have that uncertainty, um, it leads to more holes with this group, with this group. Now, there's teams that can do that, right? There's there's teams when you have the undersized linemen – Boom, 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 boom. You send them left to right. They, 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 they're, they're elephants on a parade. This group's not elephants on parade. Yeah, you, you know the, 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 these guys are built for stampedes. Absolutely. So, and let me throw one more so at let you, them Max. Stampede. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me throw one more at you. All right. Because as you said, north and south is shorter than east and west. All right. Elephants on parade yeah. are not as impressive as a thundering herd coming straight at you. Right. Yeah. At the same time. Think about it. You're in you're in the loudest stadium in the NFL. 142.2 decibels. They've had uh, as far as noise levels, right? 
It's loud. You're going on the silent count. What advantage does the offense have over the defense in the sense of with a silent count? All it does is it neutralizes the advantage of the offense because defensive guys spend their whole careers watching the ball. They are so quick twitch, they they react to the ball like a sneeze, right? Boom, and they're gone. We, yeah. as offensive linemen, you know, you watch the ball and then you go. You know what I mean? There's not that being able to hone in with the sound and knowing your quarterback's voice and dialing that baby up. So when you explode out of your stance, you're ripping and snorting, okay? So now here's the thing you got. You got a lateral movement while you're watching the ball when the defense is going to be reacting like a sneeze in your face and coming across the line of scrimmage while you're trying to pull or go lateral, and you've already given up two steps across the line of scrimmage. You you know yeah. what, you understand what I'm saying because you're yeah, reacting to the ball which you are slow to react. I don't care how long an offense is working on a silent count, they're still not going to be as reactive as as a Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree was one of the fastest guys off the snap I've ever seen. The guy could really react in the same way. Most defensive guys are so superior in reacting to sight rather than sound. Like an offensive lineman is, is reacts more to sound than sight. So you already put yourself at a disadvantage. Yeah, you put yourself at a disadvantage, and, you know, it, it, it puts you in a position where you're sitting there and you're like, uh-oh, um, this this guy's already across the bow, and I'm trying to go laterally. Right. He's going vertically. I'm going laterally. Um, or or an angled 45, right, Wolf? An angled 45. Angle. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 right. Let me, let me do the geometry on that. Um, yeah, exactly. The, one. the high, the hypotenuse of the left angle. Exactly what I was T. thinking. That yeah, hypotenuse exactly. thing. I need a T square to figure out how I'm going to I'm going to hit this guy. That's when we got problems. We had um, got issues. But but I th- I think that that that's that's what you have to think about. You have to you have to say no. I I want to hit this guy in front of me. I want to match his force with my force. You know, and and let that be the determining factor. My leg drive versus his leg drive. Man on man, be- you know, head on the right side, right? You right. get the head on the right side, but other than that, it, it's all it's all about it's all about upward motion and momentum and drive. And being reactive. Again, that's silent count. Yeah. You know as well as I do. I mean matter of fact, you know better than I do. All right, because you you went through the silent count era. I was still trying to hear the sound, and then when we had to watch the ball, it was it was almost game over. But it was so bad. But the point yeah. being is, you know, you already have that advantage taken away from you. Now, advantage is at least neutral, if not in the favor of the defense. And then you're not going elephants on parade. You're not going thundering herd. You know, you are basically just simply moving down the line. It's it's. You know, you've just created such yeah. a, a problem for yourself. Yeah, you do. But, I mean, the one good thing is at least you know what which head Bob is going to be. <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's the one thing. We, we like, okay, listen, is it on one? Okay, I can kind of – I can catch his head on the raise, right, which should time me up about right. But when it's – when you don't know that, that's when you got real problems. And you're sitting there, you're trying to look. To the side, try to look at your guy, especially a tackle, right? Because that DN likes to widen out, especially right. when you know it's third down and it's a silent count. Yep. They'll widen out, so it forces you to go 
wide eye. You're over there trying trying to work on your best owl technique to see <laughs> a full 180 plane of vision. <laughs> And you're almost going cross-eyed trying to see it. The ball starts to look fuzzy. Then the defender starts to look fuzzy. Yep. And now your eyes, now your eyes are, now you got to blink. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not a fun feeling to be in in that moment. So you kind of, you kind, you kind of go, kind of give them a look on the first one, and on the second one, make sure you snap that head out to get an ID real quick. And then you react. But like you said, you're behind at that point. The defender has all of the momentum on his side, and you're just trying to play catch up. You exactly. Know, in those situations. And the Unless last thing, a run play in the opposite direction. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and here, here's again, you're, you're right on the cutting edge, my friend, because, and I, you know, these are the same thoughts I'm having, which should worry you more about you than, than, than it does about me. Uh-oh. But yeah, but think about this right before the snap, you, you ran the ball to the side that shifted into five on one side of the box and three on the weak side. You know, if you go back and take a look at it, you'll see where yeah. they were massing. I don't. I, they had a pretty good read already on what was happening. You watch those guys; uh, they reacted very, very well. It's like they had a pretty good spider sense about what was coming, and there was five guys on that side of the ball versus on the other side. So all of that together just spelled it was disastrous, of course. And that was again another turnover. And when you have four four turnovers in a game, you're going to lose regardless, basically. Yeah, no, no, yeah. We had all those complexities and then throw turnovers on top of that. And throw yeah. what in on that? Turnovers on top oh, of yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. not apple, not cherry, you know, the kind that we no. enjoy. You yeah, know. no, 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 no. These, 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 are, these, are, these are not garden variety <laughs> or fruit patch variety. <laughs> These these are these are the worst kind of turnovers. These are yes. these are the nasty, yucky, smelly tin. Blah, 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 exactly the ones that make uh, you turnovers. Take you know, tuck your tail between your legs and go home because you you just yeah. gave the game away, yeah. and that's unfortunate. Hey. You hang your head below your shoulders. Yeah, you know, wondering what could have been. You know, and that that. But but here's the thing: as bleak as we just painted that picture, right, Wolf? I know where you're going. Go. Go, man. Still in the playoff hunt, baby. Bingo. You're telling me there's a chance. Preach the You're word. telling me there's a chance. There you That's And you it. still have that chance. We just talked about the worst of the worst. The depths of the abyss that you could take yourself into. The abyss. But you can still see the light. <laughs> the light is still there. You there's light it. at the end of that tunnel, I'm telling you, and it is bright and it is glorious. And it in, and the light ends after January 9th if you handle business along the path. I the love it. You're right on. Don't stumble. Don't I love stumble it. That's further. a great finish. And let's just we just hope and pray it's not a train. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's make sure it's not. Okay, we're going to be from back. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, we're coming back with our number two. It's, we're hooking up strong in the locker room. Wolf starts and the ninjas be back after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, yeah, we're just rocking a little bit this morning. Got to have the big guitar going, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. Nice little riff. Need, need, yeah. need a good little guitar riff. You got to have that, you know? Sets sets the motion for hour two. <laughs> yes, it does. It picks it up. We were talking yeah. off uh, off the air. We were talking a little bit about um, a couple things. One of the things that I think is, is uh, interesting to me is you said – you know, because Chase Claypool is a guy I want to see get more targets, okay? And you talk about, yeah, but he needs a good running game to set up the play action because that really enhances what Chase can do. Just like, in my mind, the same way that the RPOs go to Deontay. You know what I mean? Because you have that yeah. that timing ability and that sort of uh, ESPN sort of uh, thing that they got going on, that mental telepathy thing where they they are interconnected well. But I do recognize and realize that, yes, the play action, which needs to be preemptively set up by the running, is something that does produce, I think, in my mind, and and certainly in your mind you brought it to bear, is the fact that Chase Claypool, that would enhance a lot of what he's capable of doing. Yeah, it it does, because now you force safeties to roll their coverage. Right. They predetermine – who they're going to double when it's when it when it, when there's that threat of run right you can't just sit back and just wait you're creeping so therefore you're declaring as a strong safety right whichever side you're dropping to is where that read is going to be and now you can kind of get over the top of a guy and create an iso situation um you know when you're sitting back and safeties can play center field or you have too high you're supposed to be running you're supposed to be running because yes. there's no threat. They don't fear what's happening at the line of scrimmage. You have to make them fear that. And once they do, they declare, now you know where the single is. And now you can either go one-on-one with Chase and, and the DB or you swing it to the opposite side go to Deontay. But those are your two options. Just like you said, ha- have, having the ESP, right, the extrasensory perception about guys playing off coverage on Deontay to make you throw that now pass, you know, that's the same thing you have to develop when you're going with the play action pass. Like, you also want your receivers to feel comfortable. Oh, ball's coming to me on this play because I see where that safety's dropping. And the other one's rolling. Oh, okay, this safety's not going to beat me, so now my double move has to be even cleaner if I want to get free. Um, You know, it gives them as much info as they need ahead of time Right. To be able to react as well. But that starts with the clean run game. You have to go north and south. You must get three to four yards per pop because they know that the later you go, the the, the tougher it's going to be and the more they're going to want to creep. The more you're going to want to cheat it up. I want to be there so I can prevent the three to four from turning to six to seven. Right. right. So now I'm going to do my job. I'm going to creep down another three to four yards, and then boom, that's when you can hit them over the top. Yes. That's what you have to create. But that takes a rhythm. That takes consistency, and it takes doing things that you know the guys do well. Doing what you know they do well, not what you think they will do 
right on game day. And that's what Chase does well. You got to chum the waters a little bit. All right. Yeah. You got yeah. you got you got to be able to chum the waters and give them a little some some kind of reason to move forward. And and that's exactly. okay. Yeah. Feed them with blood, not cheese in the ocean. That's what, that's what I've learned. That's what there I've you learned. go. All right, we're going to go on to get some calls going here. The number is 412-919-1316. I think, let's see, let's start off with Big John in Texas. Big John, how you doing, my friend? Hello, Big John, you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Ah, uh, there you are. Okay, come aboard. Hey, uh, yeah, now, uh, hold on one sec. We got, <laughs> you got all discombobulated there, Big John. Yeah, I'm all combobulated. It's, uh, it's definitely my a, two, a second Monday for me today. No problem. Big John, let me just tell you before we get started, Max and I were in Kansas City, and we got the big yes, man sir. Reagan to up up with his card, and we got Jack Stacks, and we had barbecue flying after the game was over. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. Between Max and me, that sauce was all over the place. Yes, it was. That's what I was going to say. Was it wet or it probably had to be wet because they, they're known for their sauce and their ribs and you better believe it, everything man. in the midwest. Yeah, absolutely saucy. The saucier, the better. <laughs> well, yeah, too that's bad the, the game. Right? Too bad the game weren't as good as those ribs. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. I, you're absolutely right. But, yeah, you know, but it, it made for a great thing to cry into, though. I yeah, that's cry, true. I did cry into my brother. Oh, uh, yeah. So, well, like you said, you find a silver lining. Uh, you, you find a silver lining no matter what, whether it's food or it's the game food. on Sunday. Yeah, comfort food. Uh, no, I just saw, like, I was looking at, uh, you know, Monday Night Football last night, just kind of looking at some of the uh, – you just never know. I I thought the the Saints were gonna roll through the Dolphins last night, and every every week's different. Like you said, any given Sunday, you don't know who's gonna show up. And we had a bad day on Sunday, but I saw that uh, Najee had ninety something yards. Ninety three. You know, yeah, ninety three yeah. yards. And I kind of looked at that. Well, hey, he was. Hey, Big John, for a big you got run. something going on in the background there. You got TV on? Yeah, or no. Yeah, let me turn it down. Okay. Like I told you, I think I had two Mondays. Oh, uh, there you go. There. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah, but now I was just making sure that, you know, hey, this Monday night, you know, maybe Ben's last game at home. So I think everybody who's got a ticket be ready to have throat lozenges the next day because I'd say leave it on the field like he's or like on the field every time he's gone out and, and mm-hmm. you know, played for the Steelers. But uh, I just want to know that uh, happy to hear that, you know, Chase Claypool, you know, Maple Tron, you know, he's uh, been struggling and people been giving him a hard time for the, uh, you know, the fourth, you know, the first down. Right. But right. I think he's kind of straightened out because he's just doing, I mean, on the plays that I've seen him play and he did a great 50-50 ball the other day when he came down. But uh, I think, hey, these are young guys and, they're going to make mistakes and can't be so hard on them. And uh, for all those people who are saying Tomlin uh, needs to be replaced, I think there's going to be some changes in the off season, but I don't think it's Tomlin's, uh, no. you know, time to, to move on because I mean, look, who, look at who the NFL, uh, lead, you know, uh, applicants that are out there. You have Peterson and uh, Caldwell, great coaches, but they're not a uh, Tomlin caliber, you know, type. They're not in that same level. No. So I'm just saying 
Steeler Nation, we're going to be all right. Monday night, we're going to win. And uh, like you said, you say there's a chance. That's all we can do. <laughs> go Steelers, go. Ready to go, hey, Happy Big New John. Year to y'all. Happy New Year to you, happy brother. New Year. Thanks for yeah. checking in yes, with us. Happy New Year, Big John. Absolutely. That's good stuff. All right, let's move on. We got Circus George in Sarasota. Circus George, how are you? Are you there, Circus George? I am absolutely there. Ah, good there morning, go. gentlemen. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Go let's ahead. hear for our illustrious Steelers for, for – uh, Showing what they're made of. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, 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 can, I can only shake my head at yeah. that game. Uh-oh. That was, a, I said it since the beginning of the year. This is the 1980s Redux. It is. Mm-hmm. It is I'm reliving it. The, the latter years of Terry Bradshaw, young guys that aren't stepping up, old guys that can't anymore. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the only, the only thing missing is me having some more hair on my head and being skinnier. And I could really relive the 1980s. But, <laughs> You bring so, out your bell bottoms. Exactly. Well, no, I don't have them anymore. Uh, okay. I couldn't fit them anyway. So, but um, I'll tell you what. I'm not one for firing people, but that fourth down call requires a firing. It really does. A pitch play. Didn't we learn in the Jacksonville playoff game, pitching on fourth and short is dumb, that the defense is going to swarm all over that? You need to go up in the middle and get that one yard or half yard or whatever it was. I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I can't I'm, disagree I'm with that. About it. I can't disagree with I, the idea that you know what north south is a lot shorter than east west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm just kind of, uh, for lack of a better way, at a loss of words to say anything about it. Other than this team needs real help in the off season. Otherwise, this is going to be the norm for quite a while. So, uh, I, on that note, just so you know, I'm here in Pittsburgh enjoying the gray weather. All right. I'm getting a, a, oh, very good. a moon burn. Very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm taking a grandson out to Monroeville Mall to the playground here as soon as I get cleaned up. So I'm looking Sounds forward to good. it. Sounds good. Teach him how to ride a unicycle. Gentlemen, ha- you know what? He's only three, but I started when I was four, so it could be coming one of these days soon. Sounds good. But, uh, I want very to wish good. you all the best for New Year's and uh, looking forward to hearing your voices again. Take care, gentlemen. Happy New Year, brother. Appreciate Happy you. Happy New Year, yep, Circus George. Appreciate All right. It, Circus George checking in. And he's not in Sarasota. He's in Pittsburgh. So, anyhow, we move along. I think we got Rod in the car. Rod, are you in the car and are you still there? Hello, Rod. You there? Or did, you, did we yeah, lose it's Ron, him? But oh, Ron. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no Sorry, problem. man. I didn't hey, have guys. my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody in the city that I enjoy listening to more than you two because you both know that the basis of any football team is the offensive line. Uh, it all starts with the offensive line. And when you guys were making your analogies earlier about um, elephants on parade or a thundering herd and all those various little uh, analogies, it made me, made me laugh. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, big proponent of a, an offensive line coordinator years ago uh, offensive line coach for the Bengals by the name of Paul Alexander. I'm not sure if you guys are followers of oh, Al- yeah. Paul Alexander, but he's I know Paul. he's kind of the yep. dean, I think, or the guru. I mean, he just uh, you hear him on the mm-hmm. NFL Network constantly, and he's he just he talks constantly about a run game with put your fingers in the dirt. And you know, we for the past four or five years, our offensive line I, I realized it was a different offensive line a few years ago, but even then. 
everything stand up. I mean, you can hardly get a running game going when you're when you have three of your four offensive linemen standing in a stand up position. If you really want to get that running game going, you got to put your fingers in the dirt, you know. And and like you guys, the, the guys we have right now are straight ahead. You know, they're not necessarily elephants on parade where they can move, uh, you know, with the greatest of ease to the left and to the right. So, you know, and I think a lot of this goes back to Ben. I mean, Ben is a shotgun quarterback. He's been a shotgun quarterback for a decade now, and he wants to run that offense out of the shotgun. So those guys are up, and it's much harder on those little sidecar handoffs to Najee than when he's lined up in a play action or in an eye. It's just uh, – until that changes, and it's not going to change until the retires, uh, I think we're going to have the same situation over the next couple of weeks. Sorry to say. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation. But, I, you know, like, like I said, I mean, you know, it, it's about what's going to make them the most successful. And, you know, that, that's the talk you have to have with Ben. That's the talk you have to have with the offensive line. And you have to come to some happy medium um, with it. When we're in no huddle, absolutely get them up, go shotgun. But to start the game, you know, you got to be under center, Ben. You got to be under center just right. to allow us to set the rhythm because once the rhythm's set, now the fear is right. there because that's the biggest thing. Right. You want to create that fear of, yes, they're going to run on us and they're going to get three to four yards. But once that's there, right. then you can hit the big play. Now they're reeling and now you can get into shotgun running because you have a seven man box. But, you know, as long as you have guys that you want to pass and they're in too high, it's going to make it ridiculously difficult. But I I agree with you. It it, it is tough, you know, when you know your quarterback wants to be in shotgun, but you have to compromise with him and say, hey, you've got to do some of this so that you can get some of this. And I think that's where those conversations are uncomfortable that I don't think they're having. I look at Al, Al Villanueva last year. Had a miserable, a miserable final year with us. You know, ninety percent of the time, Al was standing up. He's too tall of a guy to begin with, right. and he could get no leverage unless he can get low. Let's say he, so he couldn't get his outside guy or push to the inside, whatever it might be, because he was always standing up. And, and that's just—I really believe that. If you if you look at great running teams, and you just look at—I mean, the Titans are a perfect example. Of that when Derek Henry's playing, or you know, seventy-five, at least fifty percent of their offense. Is is when the guys are down. We're the teams in the NFL. We stand up in shotgun, and we have over the last five years more than any team in the league. And it's difficult to get a running game on a consistent basis, week after week after week, doing that. Ryan, you, you know, raised Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell was a freak. Yes. Le'Veon Bell did it well because he, but he had that kind of hesitation to start running right. the Najee's not that kind of guy. Najee's got to go. And that means that his offensive lineman got to go north and south, not east and west. There's Thank no doubt about it. Ron, appreciate your call. Thank you so much. You know, there is truth in that because let me tell you something. If you're going to push a car, how do you push a car? I mean, you're down low, you're angled, and you drive, right? You bumper can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that standing up. All right, we go to, we got to go to break. We'll be back with more. Number 412-919-1316. Get in line. Get ready. Let's Get some calls in here. Let's talk to you after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, we're back. 
You know, those... The granola gets in your teeth, man. You know that? Yeah. You get a little chewy. No, no. A little gritty. Yeah, a little gritty there. Kind of... <clears throat> sometimes uh, some of the wrong granola tastes like sand. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no... You gotta go with the gotta go with the cinnamon nut crunch. Yeah, you gotta go with the cinnamon mm. nut crunch. That that's that's one that kind of eliminates uh, that. And you have to have the softer granola. Are uh, you you got the hard trail mix kind, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. it's a different kind. Normal the normal granola that I eat, I love my. Uh, I got some in laws. Some well, my uh, cousin, she and her husband, they make a granola. They're out in Denver, Colorado, and uh, old man granola. It's called. And by golly. I got to tell you something, man. They 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 made this. She was um, my uncle Les and her mom, uh, her mother and father, uh, were missionaries in Africa, and so she was in the Congo, and they used to have granola all the time, you know, stuff over there and everything. It was tremendous. Yeah. So they came back to the states, and then they started making granola, which is just terrific. You know, that's great oh. stuff. But this is a different kind of granola. I ate all through the uh, the old man granola stuff. <laughs> So oh I just God. had to of pick up some. Did. Yeah, of course. Surprise, I did. surprise, Wolf. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Wolf <laughs> ate through all the old man granola. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's called, old man granola. I know. It's perfect, That's what which is perfect no for surprise. me. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, he's like, oh, it has my name on it. Guess I'm going to eat it. Mine, mine, <laughs> mine, claimed. mine, all mine. <laughs> yeah. Kids, get away exactly. from that. <laughs> Exactly. He didn't say young kid granola. It says old man granola. Get away from my granola <laughs> and stay off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn, you kids, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, oh, indeed. Well, gosh. one of the guys I'm going to miss, and uh, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, left. And, uh, you know, that there's some things, I'm sure, behind the scenes that just didn't work out. And it reminds me of in my – I'll never forget uh, my second, third year in the league. And Raleigh Dodge was a line line coach we had. And in, during training camp, the USFL came into being, of course. And he was uh, he got the job as head coach of the Birmingham Stallions. Well, <laughs> he's going to leave during training camp, and they got to find a coach. And it was there was a lot of chaos there. And uh, you know, and, and Raleigh was a great coach. And I know that Adrian was is was an is an excellent offensive line coach and it's for whatever reasons that things weren't working out here um i was i was i'm sure that's not the way he wanted to exit that's for sure yeah no no it's not the way you know he wanted to finish out the season but of course for whatever reasons and situations uh things he was he was released of his responsibilities uh early to go pursue it i know that um it was released that he's going to take a similar position at the university of oregon right um, it's not a similar position. It's a better one. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. hate, you hate to say that, but let's, let's be honest. But that's a big uh, program be, and that's a big program, a big yes. for him yes. because he's going to be run game coordinator and associate head coach on yeah. top of his O-line responsibilities. So, you know, with those titles obviously comes, uh, more responsibility, but more responsibility usually means, uh, better financial opportunities exactly um, and that's not the well. world's smallest violin i'm playing <laughs> no no that's not that that's that, that's the moolah that's that, the money that, show me the money that, that, that's touching all five fingers that's not that's not just index and thumb <laughs> that, that, that yeah yeah that green that green touches all the phalanges <laughs> <laughs> there you go well i i yeah. for one will miss adrian i thought uh i know, will 
you know, I think he's 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 a man of substance and knowledge there, and 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 given time, could have created a better run game effect than what what has transpired thus far. But such is life, and if he moves ahead, and it's one that's copacetic all the way around, you wish him well and so forth. Um, do know that Chris Morgan is now going to be in the uh, off, offensive line uh, coach position, and he's a guy who's got 13 years in the league. He was the head uh, offensive line coach for the Atlanta Falcons for six years. I mean, this guy's no stranger. This is not his first rodeo. No, no, no. Chris Chris Briggs experience, and like you said, I mean, he, ha- he has the resume to be in this position. It's not like, oh, my gosh, we just found a GA that just got done with the pit bowl game. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, right. we're, we're, we're bringing him, we're bringing him across the hall. Um, now Chris Morgan ha- has had success. He understands he's also coached a young offensive line. So he has that experience with him, um, to bring. And I think have that relatability. And like you said, getting these guys going for two games and who knows else. Um, right. but for sure he's, you know, he's, he's got to maintain these guys for the next two games and he's been in that room all year so he's not a stranger exactly walking into that room so so yeah good luck to chris and of course to that line room i mean the other thing that was very interesting to note in that last game mm-hmm. was the fact that we saw some benchings was it because of injury no it was from what they're saying is it or is it not that's the question well, if that's what they're saying, well, well that's what we got to find I will out. Go with what they're saying. I don't know for what I, I was seeing. That's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. We've got, um, yeah, you got a couple guys that were, that were out: Kedrick Green and Trey Turner, and you had uh, uh, Hassenauer jumping in there, and uh, who? Hague. Oh, Joe, Joe Hague. That's right. Yeah. All right, and it was it was interesting to me that uh, you know again, um, John Leglue got a what was his fourth start, uh, some start, yeah. You know, um, that kid, the kid's got something. You know, he's not the the greatest athlete or anything like that, but boy, he's got a big heart and he plays hard. Yeah, no, I mean he's 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 got a touch of the nasties. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's kind of where. You look at it and you say, okay, well, at least he's in a position to where he wants to fight. Yep. And that there is that natural inclination to go hit people and cause pain. Right. Like that's right. one of the it's one of the hallmarks of being an offensive lineman is you have to be in a position to want to deliver the blow. And and that and that's what he is working towards. That's what he fights for. And you want to make sure you're seeing that same intensity out of other guys who are established or guys who have been starting longer. And he's now kind of become kind of that little bit of a mascot for that offensive line. You know, we, we, we joked about him being the LeGlue or being LeGlue. <laughs> the big um, LeGlue, like the big Lebowski. The big, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but, but, you know, something to be said that when he had that opportunity, he has not given it up because Hassenauer's healthy, right? Because right. they put him in the game. So you could have easily have inserted JC back into the lineup, but you didn't. You inserted JC at a different position in that lineup. 
and a position that he was fighting for in training camp. He he was he he assumed the center responsibility towards the end of that game. And yes, we will figure out whether it was injury or not. We'll check. We'll, we'll scour the reports tomorrow to see if that is the case. But I did not see a blue tent go up, and I did not see trainers over there talking to him. Okay, that's just my eyes. But listen, I also was watching the game action, so I don't know if they walked over there while I was watching a play or what. But it didn't. It did not seem that it was injury related from contact on the field while I was watching. Well, if that be the case, and and what, and we'll find out. We have the, today the uh, press conference, Mike Tomlin press conference coming up um, after the, after following us. Uh, we'll find out, you know, because it's interesting if, if that indeed there was, hey, you pulled these guys out. Did you pull them out for a reason or was there an injury? So that's one of the things that's, you know, inquisitive minds want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we, we, we've got to know these answers because, you know, that not to say that it's troubling um, by any stretch, but it's interesting. I'll just leave it at that. It's interesting. Um who you pulled, when you pulled them, and for the reason why they got pulled. right. That's going to be something that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, because I mean, seriously, if it was for some reason, I had it in my mind that they somebody doinked the knee and somebody else doinked something else. Uh, but if that's not the case, then we just have to stay tuned and see what what's going on there. Um, yeah, well, we got doinked the clown walking around the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> hey, man. You know, by the way, he was a he was a scary figure in, in he, WWE. He, you know, he was. I I don't know. That, you know, there was there's some I'm odd. Not a wrestlers. fan of clowns in the first place, but then to walk around with a big mallet. Clowns, they you know they can. Yeah, they're not like all copacetic, man. When I was a kid. I didn't I didn't dig the clowns, bozo. You, you know, what to, I mean. Well, you have to wonder about somebody who has to paint their smiles on. Okay, you know? that's something that that starts off, and also the fact when you got big shoes like that. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you and need big shoes like that? Big. No, they're not that big. No, you know, no. what is that I mean, for? I, mean, I, I get, I get Ronald McDonald, right? You know, right. He, okay. he looked like he had big feet. You know, and I, as a guy who has big feet, I can, I can relate. Well, yeah, that's true. You could pick up but, on that, but, 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 but a clown. I, I don't know why your shoes need to be that big. I mean, you're not, you're not wearing size thirty-seven double F's. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, no, not, <laughs> not, 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 not at, not at, not at five foot nine. You know, this doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't equate. I don't like. I don't like your pre-painted expressions on your face. It just, right. It's 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 scary. It's unnerving. I think you hit it off best when you said, uh, "Why do you need to paint a smile on your face?" Now, come on, turn that frown upside down. Right. I mean, did, exactly. didn't you hear that from the beginning? Exactly. Uh, uh-huh. Always heard that. You make your own expressions. <laughs> Let us know how you feel, clown. Don't hide it with paint. If you're happy. You're happy. If you're not, you're not. Let me know. Don't try an optical illusion me out of my emotional state towards you. <laughs> Max perfectly said. There we I go. Know, We're going to go to break. Stop. we got to go to break. This is, you this can, is like a counseling session. I feel you like, can you know, ponder, every time we get You can yeah. ponder the clown, okay? I'm just saying. All right? Yeah, yeah. Was Bozo always happy? You know what I mean? Because you never know. That, that, that smile was always painful. Only when they got to the fifth cup. You know, on the little bow bounce. Only on the fifth cup. I, this is the only time I really saw the true emotion where it looked like he was jumping up and down happy. Other than that, he was, like, disappointed. You get past, If you can't get past ball at cup number two, 
you know, I, I felt like you have every right to be disappointed, right? <laughs> it's like we set this game up for you guys to be successful. I want to give you gifts, you know. If you can't get past the second cup, I can't give you gifts. You got to get to three, four, and five, okay? How stupid you got to be are. not to get to the second cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just like, man. All right. We're going to be back with more. You can ponder <laughs> the clowns while we're gone. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, Max, one of the things that uh, I'm looking forward to, which I, I think is going to be a well-earned if uh, if it hopefully uh, plays out, but Najee Harris is 16 yards away from 1,000 yard, yards of rushing. He's 72 yards from Franco's 1972. Nice irony there. You know, 72 yards yeah. and 72. From his rookie rushing record of 1,055. Now, Franco did it in a 14-game season. Najee and will do it in a 17-game season. But Franco averaged 5.6, Najee 3.7. Nevertheless, Najee has got an opportunity to break a historic record, and I hope the young man can do it. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, listen, we only work with the parameters we're given. And I think the biggest thing, when you have records in place and you see the the year next to them, I mean, that that, that just tells you all you need to know. You know, and, and we, we can, you, you know, you can postulate later, oh, well, he had more time, the other one did not. Which one was greater? It, it, the records are meant to be broken. That's why you put them there. The records are standards that you try and achieve. And so the fact that it stood as long as it has um, is a testament to Franco and what he did. And that will never be diminished. But you have to also understand that when you have a record and, you know, they're going to be passed at some point. There's a right. reason why they're records at that time. And the length of how long that record stands is what's important. Um, and so I think it's a great honor. I mean, you know, when we're thinking about drafting first-round talent at the running back position, we've done it a number of times over the years. We've even traded for it. Um, and the fact that this is one of your homegrown guys that you picked in the draft that came in and did the job and will eclipse, A, the 1K mark of 1,000, but then also um, pass a record such as Franco's, just simply creates a new standard. That's all it does. It just creates a new standard. Right. Um, and, and that standard is something that's a hallmark for the Steelers. It's running the football. It's rushing the football. And one of the things you can't take away from Najee is the fact he's got 335 touches, which leads the NFL. You know, the one thing about him, this young man is a battler. He is a gamer. He is a guy that, you know, you watch him. And even when the scores, they're down by 30, he's leaping over people. You know, he's pushing the pile. He's doing whatever he can do. I enjoy watching the young man play because he's got that sort of, well, he's just got that winning sort of attitude, no doubt in my mind. And I think as he goes along, he's going to become and fulfill all those uh, unspoken promises that, that, that every time you see him carry the ball and you know, you see some good stuff in that 21-yarder in the first half. That was beautiful cutback. Now, I think yeah. we need to see more. He wants to give more. And I think we will see more as we go along because this kid is a winner. 
Yeah, no, he he's a winner. He knows what it looks like to win. He's been on championship caliber teams, especially Bama teams that he was on. So he understands what it takes. And I think that's something that, you know, when you when you carry that in your mind, it it, it makes for an even better precedent. It's different if you don't know that success and you don't know how to handle it. He's had it. He knows how to handle it. He knows how to wear it better than better than a $1500 Armani suit, you know? <laughs> and I think that's that's the biggest thing is that when you breed people who have success in their in their resume, it it creates a higher standard. They, they're not, that means they're not happy with mediocrity. It means they're not happy with just good enough. No, you've got to go be great. You've got to go be unthinkable, impossible. Everything that you can think of, they take the "un" and the "m" off of it. Because the impossible is possible. The unthinkable is thinkable. And that's that's the type of person you want. And that's the mentality that he carries with him. And that hopefully permeates uh, for the rest of his teammates not to quit, not to give up. And then you have a head coach who doesn't either. We saw that in the game. Listen, I'm going to spike the ball with eight seconds left because I'm still trying to make a play. We're going to play till there's no time left on the clock. And that's the mentality that you have in your head coach. That is hopefully the mentality that you have with the rest of the guys permeating throughout this team. Ben is one that is a ultimate fighter when it comes to that respect. So getting everybody else to buy in, I thought was a big thing. And I thought that it was great to see Coach Tomlin not stop coaching, to not stop pressing um, as as they finished out that game. And they did it on their own terms. They used up every timeout because you can't take them with you. They don't carry over from game to game. Wolf. I don't <laughs> right. know if you knew that. They don't carry over. So, hey, use them, burn them. We got the ball. It's our choice, not your choice. If you get the ball, you could choose to kneel. Yep. You could choose to take that way out. We're not. I had them there. I want these guys to win. I want these guys to fight. I want them to know that we're not quitting. Because once you once you allow quitting to be an option, that's when you lose part of your the locker culture. room. Yes. And it becomes the culture. Yeah. And Tomlin has never had quit and has never had a losing season. There you go. I know we keep harping on that, and that's what's on the line. You know, yes, could you get to one more win, and that would just make it that it, it continues to 16? But, no, he wants to be above 500. He doesn't oh. want to just be 500. And, and that's what it is. But guess what? Also being above 500, you know what that means? What's Playoffs. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Max Mora, you got it. Yeah, All right. exactly. Let's go to the phones. We're going to wind up with the boys in uh, in in Chicago and in Charleston. Let's bring in CR and I think Juan. Let's see. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Turn your radio down. I, hey. I just I just did. Uh, all right, you're all off. over it. Good. Okay, CR Nation, Chicago. Uh, live from the port city of Wilmington with my, my road dog. You, you there, road dog? Well, on the Charleston connection. Uh, all right. <laughs> hey, guys. We, we really What it is, we got to have two setups now because you can't hear, so we got to have the radio on a separate programs, and this here is silent. So, anyway, we would just uh, quickly um, 12 calls last week, um, 4.0 calls per day, 260 calls this season. Uh, shout out to the Steeler fans, uh, Sherry and Becky, and um, and also to Kathy, the owner of Joe's Oasis, uh, the place to be in, in, in the port city of, of uh, Wilmington. Go ahead, Juan. 
Hey, good afternoon. Good morning, guys. Good Merry morning. Christmas Merry and Christmas. Ha- and happy and happy New Year to you guys. Same to you, my friend. What do you got today, hey, buddy? So I, I don't even know where to start at because it was it was it was ugly from the start from the beginning when Spillane and Highsmith miss miss um, the running back. He yeah, had him stuff in the backfield for about a three yard, about a three yard loss, and he missed that tackle. Both of them, I can't believe it, was a, it on that. It was play. a case of friendly fire. What are you going to do? It it will occasionally happen. Shouldn't happen. There's no excuse for it, but it does. Yeah, and uh, just it just it just was pretty ugly because I didn't even watch the game because I was out. I had a I had a party at ten, so I had to record, and I finally watched it last night. Yeah, it was ugly from the start. So you know, yeah, you could so. be the missing key. The fact that you gave up your mojination to go to a party, your your personal private party, okay, whatever, and you forego you forego the Steelers game. Didn't don't you know that your lack of participation could lead to a lack of mojination, huh? The party, hey. the party was for a two-year-old woman. It was, it was for my niece. Yeah, it was for my niece. Hey, but, but I did represent. I, I was stealer down. Me and my wife, we were stealer down. So we did represent okay. in that way. So all right. Now the question I have hey, for guys. you. Hold on. The question I would have for Go you, ahead, Juan, Juan yeah. is is Max and I were talking about clowns. Were there any clowns there? <laughs> no, we did it. Um, I don't know if you guys. I don't know if you guys heard of the new. It's a new thing. Um, Coco Melon. That's what they like now. Okay. Coco melon. I I I've not yeah. heard of Coco melon. My kids might have aged out of Coco melon. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the new thing with the new gener with the um, younger generation now. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, All right. You get a okay. CR, go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Everything I was gonna talk about, you guys already talked about the um the flea flicker didn't work because it wasn't pre set up. You talked about uh, Najee Harris running um. For all these yards and breaking Harris's record, and the thing about it, with the offensive line not being at its top peak, he's still able to do this here, which is great. So the one thing I think I can cover is that uh, it's been five consecutive games without a TD in the first half since the 1940s. Any comment on that? Yeah, we were talking about that. Bill Hillgrove was born in 1940. <laughs> So that's a long time that you don't have. You know, you have not been able to score in the first half. Um, I, you know, here, here's it, it, it's history and it's unfortunate. The Steelers need to address being able to get something going in the first half. And I think tomorrow we might be able to talk about, it. or wait a minute, Max, you're on the road tomorrow though. Aren't you? I am on, I am on the road. I ha- I have the, uh, Alamo bowl. Ah, okay. Tomorrow so. and sunny San Antonio. Very good. So, yeah, I'll be at the Riverwalk at the Alamo Dome uh, covering oh, Oregon, Riverwalk. Oklahoma. All right. He's living yeah, big. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there it is. Hey, uh, well, the, hey, uh, the, the one good thing you talk about is, like I said, this is uh, Ben's probably last game here at, at, the, at the stadium. So uh, that ought to be a, a show enough blowout. Now, that should be a lot of fun with a lot of tears and a lot of emotion. Comment. I would think. I would think that there'd be a lot of – emotions uh, flowing from that game. I mean, you're playing the Browns, a team that he's basically owned since he's come into the NFL. You could be playing on Monday Night Football, maybe your last one of your career, your illustrious yeah. career, and you know, you're playing maybe your last game at Heinz Field. So there's a lot of great stuff to be playing for. Most of all, you got an opportunity to be able to get in the playoffs. I don't care what anybody says. As long as there's a crack, you keep going, you keep pushing, you keep – 
trying to muscle your way in there and get the job done as best as you can. That's what it means to be a professional. You got anything, Juan? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And also, um, what way would it be if we can knock the Brownies out? Last year we had a chance. (laughs) Last year we had a chance to knock them out of the playoffs. Um, Mason Rudolph almost did it. So how about this year? Ben can knock them out the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, there's no greater opportunity or better setup um, outside of the last two teams you're playing, the fact they're in your division, the fact that you've beaten them, and the fact that you could be the wedge between them and the playoffs and you can catapult yourself into the position that they desire. When you put all that together, man, I mean, it makes for the best best recipe of <laughs> vengeance I can think of, especially when you think of last year, right? You think of what the Browns did to us in the playoffs in our own place a year ago. Right. Take that salty feeling, swish it around in your mouth, and then spit it out on Monday. <laughs> All right, boys, we got to get going. Okay, a couple years ago, we had to stand in the stands and wait for them to to win so we could get in. But anyway, they didn't. Hey, guys, uh, in the meantime, and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Good to hear from you guys. All right, fellas. Appreciate it, Be well. Yes, indeed. Max, you're going on the the road tomorrow. What what game are you covering? What game was that? I got the Alamo Bowl, right. Oregon, Oklahoma, the battle of of interim coaches and guys <laughs> who are left. Um, be interesting in interviews. Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it should be. I mean, the, the one good thing is I will say this, you know, the guys that you do have there, um, Brian McClendon, um, who's right. the interim over at Oklahoma, and then, of course, Bob Stoops coming out of retirement How about that? to coach Oklahoma for this game. Um, you know, it, it, sets up, it sets up for a really – I think fun matchup, and especially for Brent Venables and Dan Lanning, who are coming in as head coaches. It's going to be it's going to be an awesome sight, and I'm excited to call the game again. Very good indeed. Well, best wishes uh, to you, my friend. Travel safe, and we'll be talking to you on Friday when you get back. All right, folks, stay tuned. We have the Mike Tomlin press conference coming up after this. We'll be back with more.